This episode of the Outside Podcast is brought to you by L.L. Bean, your source for ready-for-anything outerwear this winter. L.L. Bean was founded in 1912 by outdoorsman Leon L. Bean, and for the last 108 years, they have been creating gear with one purpose, to get you outside no matter the conditions. Today, their outerwear is packed with the most advanced materials. Take their Primaloft Packaway Jacket, which combines revolutionary Primaloft gold insulation with a next-generation material called Aerogel. It's like sci-fi, but it's real. Aerogel was actually used by NASA to insulate spacecraft like the Mars rover. It's the world's lightest solid material. That's Outside Magazine gear director Will Taylor. His role has him overseeing field tests for all kinds of products and also studying up on the latest material science. Aerodrill has this porous structure. It's kind of like a sponge with a lot of empty space in it, like 95% air. What this means is it adds a lot of warmth to the layer without adding a lot of weight or bulk. In the Packaway jacket, it's fused with Primaloft Gold, which is an exceptional synthetic insulation. The end result is a jacket that is super light and keeps you really warm, even if you get wet. To help you get outside this winter, L.L. Bean has a wide range of innovative outerwear, plus cozy essentials like their versatile fleeces, which layer with anything. They've also created online guides to a number of outdoor activities so you can better plan your adventures. When it comes to outdoor comfort, L.L. Bean has you covered. Outside podcast listeners get $10 off online purchases of $75 or more from November 11th through December 6th. Go to LLBean.com and enter the promo code OUTSIDE at checkout. LL Bean. Be an outsider. From Outside Magazine and PRX, this is the Outside Podcast. Why don't we just start with how that story came to be and how you ended up typing that into the search bar in the first place. Sorry, one second. Luna is like barking at the door and I know that's (laughs) going to mess up our recording. And so I'm going to like give her a a treat or something. I don't know what's going on with her. I'm going to give her like 30 seconds of attention and figure out WTF and I will be right back. What? What? Latreya Graham is a freelance writer based in Spartanburg, South Carolina. When she's not attending to her Portuguese water dog, Luna, she writes about the outdoors and sports and about Southern culture and her ties to the land. In the last couple of years, Latreya has written a pair of essays for Outside Magazine about the challenges facing black people in the outdoors. Both of her stories generated a great deal of attention to this matter and also spurred a number of readers to write to Latreya to ask questions and share their experiences. Recently, she spoke to Outside Features editor Gloria Liu about what this has been like. So I can read like one or two of them. I pulled, I pulled a couple of them up. That'd be great, yeah. So um, there was one from this woman. Her name is Tish. And she says, Dear Latreya, I came across a read of yours when I was searching African-Americans and camping. I am obviously aware of the stereotypes that surround the topic. I want to rent an RV and go with my family. I live here in South Carolina. I have a daughter that attended the South Carolina Governor's School for the Arts and Humanities. She's in New York 
doing great things. I love that school. Anyway, without going too far, is there a campground you'd recommend that is not too far and where I would feel comfortable and safe? Thank you. The school that Tish mentioned in the letter is where Latreya went to high school, which means that Tish had looked this up and then casually referenced it to make a connection that might compel Latreya to write back. So what did you do? Did you respond to these letters or? This is one of the letters that I did not respond to. I still, in some moments, feel this twinge of cowardice because I don't have the information that she's seeking, really. Latreya had received this letter, and others like it, after writing, We're here, you just don't see us, which Outside published in the spring of 2018. The essay was her attempt to correct the misconceptions that many white people have about why they don't see very many black people and other non-white people in the outdoors. It opened with Latreya Googling the search term, black people don't. A lot of things that my family was into, you know, were, oh, black people don't do that, right? And so I was curious to know, just via sort of the consortium of the internet, what America thought black people didn't do. And some of those things that came up were black people don't do tofu. And another one was black people don't camp. And we know both of those things are incredibly untrue, especially now with like TikTok and the rise of Tabitha Brown and vegans. We, we all do tofu um, and we camp. We do spend time in the outdoors. This notion that black people don't go camping or have a relationship to the outdoors went directly against Latreya's lived experience. She spent her early childhood on the edge of Nashville, Tennessee, playing in a creek alongside her home and catching bugs in the backyard. She was a Girl Scout, and her younger brother was a Boy Scout. When she was 10, her parents moved them to a rural section of Newberry County, South Carolina, where her father had grown up and where their extended family owned connected plots of land that they called the Graham Family Compound. There were crops of corn, soybean, sweet potatoes, and cantaloupes. There were horses and pigs. It sounded like an incredible place to be a kid. I am a fifth-generation farmer. My family has always been tied to the land. We've seen the land as a way to sustain ourselves. Before foraging was like a hot foodie word, it was just wandering in the woods or going for a walk, but then you came back with crab apples or blackberries, or you went fishing and you came back with something to eat. So I spent a lot of my childhood out in the woods with my cousins, fishing with my dad, learning about what we now think of as botany, but just sort of learning plants with my grandmother. It really was, in some ways, a community education. And I didn't realize that those things would later be useful to me. And I didn't think about them as recreation, necessarily. There were no tents in that moment. But it was very much part of my life and spending time outside was essential to me, and I didn't know it until I started missing it. Of course, this was a real working farm, which meant that Latreya and her family did an enormous amount of work. One of my cousins has some notorious rogue cows, and so 
you always had to put up barbed wire fencing. You're always worried about keeping the cows out, right? So I dug posts. I put up barbed wire. I picked everything except okra because okra makes me itch and there's just no way around it. I've slopped hogs. I've had to jump on the back of a hog and put the rings in their noses to keep them from digging out from underneath their hog pen. The whole game when it comes to farming in community plots like this is keeping the animals away from what you've managed to grow it's almost like some sort of like big game of keep away so you're trying to keep the deer away from things the cows away from things the hogs away from things your cousins away from things because you know if they get to the pomegranates before you do it's all in good fun most of the time but you know you you are trying to make money in latreya's case that money would help pay for an ivy league college education at dartmouth in new hampshire On her first trip to the school with her father in 2004, she got a hint that moving to New England would be a major change for her in ways she never expected. We get out of the airport in Manchester, New Hampshire, and there's a giant statue of a moose. And my dad just kind of looks up and he's like, that's much bigger than a deer. And, you know, kind of strolls out the door of of the airport. So this was our way of sort of knowing we are not in the Carolinas anymore. Before beginning her freshman year, Latreya and her classmates did a traditional pre-orientation trip with the Dartmouth Outing Club. Right before you become a freshman, your parents move you into the dorm. You go to the Dartmouth Outing Club building. They strap a pack on you with a sleeping bag and some food in it. And you get a trip leader and you march out into the woods for like a week. This is my first time wearing a pack, being worried about water, not sure if I have the right hiking boots. And one of the main things that I remember about that experience was the rain because there was a hurricane Coming up along the East Coast, I was wet, I was cold, my pack was heavy, it didn't necessarily fit. But, you know, once we got to the cabin and we were all settled in, we got the chance to observe some of the plant life around us and write about it. I enjoyed that immensely. It was an indelible moment for me. And the idea that Dartmouth students could just rent cabins like the one we were staying in for like $25 a weekend or something was mind-blowing. Just the idea that you could access this space whenever you had the time, money, and transportation was something unique that I didn't, didn't have growing up. You always went home afterwards. So this idea that you could be in nature for an extended amount of time was new for me. During her time at Dartmouth, Latreya would develop a group of friends that became her regular partners on trips into the woods. But she would also face some difficult times. It was here, at college, that she started learning about the things that Black people supposedly don't do, both indoors and outside. Latreya had studied clarinet growing up and competed at a high level. And yet, when she took classical music classes, other Dartmouth students were surprised. I took opera my freshman year and my professor was black and people were like, girl, what? You know, you're taking this? Like, why? It was so unusual to them to have two black people in one room that understood classical music. I was like, oh, I really am the anomaly. Dartmouth has an organic farm and they're very much into sort of not really doing things 
by the book, but valuing a certain type of agricultural awareness and education. And it seemed like there was not room for what I understood or what I knew or my Southern traditions. And so you always felt pushed to a corner or pushed to an edge. You're often the only one. And so you end up realizing you have to stick up for yourself because people are telling you, oh, we've never had someone like you in this space before. Sometimes it's gatekeeping. Sometimes it's just an unfriendliness that often comes from these spaces. Yeah, I mean, that sounds incredibly difficult. It was lonely. It was really, really lonely. And I don't think I allowed myself to sit with that loneliness when I was that young. Latreya wrote about her struggles while at Dartmouth in her 2018 essay for Outside, about feeling marginalized and going through weeks where she couldn't sleep at all. But her focus was explaining why this idea that Black people don't love the outdoors is so wrong. She cited a 2016 poll of people of color in which 70% of respondents said they regularly participate in outdoor activities, and 57% said they visited U.S. public lands. The misconception endures, Latreya wrote, partly because of the fact that Black people don't always go where white people do. This can be seen starkly in the data of our national parks, where according to a 2019 government survey, African Americans comprised just 7% of visitors. Why? Geography is a factor. Latre pointed to census data, showing that 55% of Black Americans live in the South, which has only nine national parks. Then there's the enduring legacy of discrimination and of violence. In that same government survey, 16% of African Americans said they hadn't visited a national park because they thought the parks were unsafe. I needed readers to understand that there was a world that they didn't have access to, but that didn't mean that it didn't exist. And my goal was to give them both the statistics about the parks and about how people of color feel about their safety, give them my personal experience, and giving them some societal and historical background. I was trying to take everything that I understood about the body that I inhabit and the world that I inhabit and use those things to fill in a void for the readers of the magazine to show them that this space exists and we do enjoy it and appreciate it and to give Black people full three-dimensional lives in the outdoors. Latreya's essay ended with her being cautiously optimistic. She pointed to other surveys showing that Black campers are feeling more welcome in the outdoors than in the past. She wrote about the images filling her Instagram feed, Black climbers and adventurers, and Black parents teaching their children outdoor skills. Once it was published, the letters started pouring in. Black readers wrote to thank her for writing a kind of story they'd never seen in Outside. She also got hate mail. Then there were the letters like that one from Tish. There was another category, and that category unsettled me, and I didn't really talk about it until this year. And it was from 
mostly Black people that were curious about exploring, whether it was camping or hiking or trying something new in the outdoors. And they wanted to know what they could do to keep themselves safe. When I first published the piece in 2018, I would get a letter asking about safety maybe every two days. You know, and now that the piece has been out for a little over two years, I may get a letter asking about safety about every two to three weeks. So over the course of the life of the article, I've received almost 200 letters asking me about how to be safe recreating in wild spaces. And what did you do with these letters? I saved the letters. I kept them all, hoping that I would have something that I could live with, that I could say to these letter writers. And how did it feel to have all these unanswered letters sitting with you for the, over the course of two years? It was heavy to have those letters sitting there because I do what I can to respond to emails when someone has a question. And it really aided me that I did not have an answer that I was comfortable with that would help people enjoy one of the greatest things that I treasure about America, and that's my time outside. We'll be right back. At the top of the episode, we talked about LLB, your source for ready-for-anything outerwear this winter. And according to Outside Magazine gear director Will Taylor, to really be ready for anything when the temperature drops, you need a couple essential layers in your closet. During the winter, for me, the jacket that I reach for the most is a high-quality down puffy. I use it to walk with my daughter in the mornings. I use it on really cold ski days. I use it climbing at the crag and belaying. As points out, those old worries you might have about down getting wet, they don't apply to modern high-tech versions. This is especially true with L.L. Bean's Ultralight 850 Down Outerwear, which is made with PFC water-repellent down that stays dry 17 times longer than untreated down for better protection from the cold. The other layer that I tell everyone to get is a windproof fleece. You get that comfort and classic look of the fleece, but you have that wind blocking layer. Because if you've ever been in the wind, a standard fleece, it just cuts right through it. So the jacket with the integrated wind protection is just a much more versatile piece. Here, L.L. Bean's Mountain Classic windproof fleece is in a class of its own. The brushed fleece is exceptionally cozy and it features exclusive air shield technology that blocks out wind, but is also highly breathable and soft, so the jacket doesn't feel stiff like other windproof fleece layers. If you're happy and warm when you go outside, that just means you're going to go outside more, and that's the ultimate goal. When it comes to outdoor comfort, L.L. Bean has you covered. Outside podcast listeners get $10 off online purchases of $75 or more from November 11th through December 6th. Go to LLBean.com and enter the promo code OUTSIDE at checkout. LLBean. Be an outsider. Two years after Latreya Graham wrote her first essay for Outside, 
and began receiving letters from black readers asking where and how they could be safe in the outdoors, she was finally ready to respond. Dear Tish, Alex, Susan, and everyone else, I want to apologize for the delayed reply. It took a long time to gather my thoughts. When I wrote that article back in 2018, I was light on the wrists and violence and heavy-handed on hope. I come to you now as a woman who insists we must be heavy-handed on both if we are to survive. Those words come directly from Latreya's latest essay, which Outside published in our September-October issue. It was titled, Out There, Nobody Can Hear You Scream. The timing of the piece, coming after months of protest across the country over racial injustice and systemic brutality against Black people, was not a coincidence. Latreya was writing directly to Black readers. The first thing I felt the need to tell, particularly Black explorers, because in some ways this entire piece is a love letter to Black explorers, I felt the need to tell them that what was happening, what is happening in our country is not their fault. My goal is to be like, dear Black explorers, you've been on my line. I love you very much. And this is the risk of being Black in America in these spaces. These are the joys I get from being a Black woman in these spaces. And this is what I hope you'll continue to pursue, talking about adventure and talking about joy and talking about curiosity and exploring those things because you deserve them as a human being. This isn't just a civil rights issue, it's a human rights issue. I'm giving you everything that I know that I do when I'm in these spaces. And yes, it's risky. But God, is it beautiful, and I find it worth it every time, and I hope that you will try it and that you find it worth it too. For Latreya, the risk of being Black in unfamiliar places is something that she learned about at an early age, and that has been present in her own adventures ever since. When she was in her mid-twenties, she took her first trip to a national park, the Everglades. She traveled with her parents when her father was going through the late stages of terminal cancer. And so for me, I'm thinking about, you know, late stage cancer. What if he needs to get to a hospital? You know, how do we keep him comfortable? All of those things. And my dad is worried about what happens to us if we get lost or if we're out of cell phone service and we need help. Or, you know, if you run up on a bad actor and have very little control over what happens to you. And this is something that's happened to my dad. He grew up in the segregated South. There were places that you were not welcome after dark, they were called sundown towns. And you sort of had to learn through word of mouth where you could and couldn't be, or you learned through physical intimidation where you were and weren't supposed to be. Latreya and her father had experienced this kind of aggression together before. And as she described it to my colleague Gloria Liu, that painful experience and others like it were a kind of shadow following them through the Everglades. When I was in college, I decided to take my dad apple picking. 
and he'd never been before and i was like it's this cool recreational thing that we do in new england all the kids love it we'll make pie and applesauce after it or whatever and he trusts me and we do it we purchase our bags and we go to fill them up in a section of the orchard and the apple orchard owner's wife comes out to our truck and she has a shotgun and she wants to know whether or not we are stealing from her farm even though we've paid for our bags and everything else and we're, we're filling them up that was the first time that i remember being physically intimidated and being unwelcome in a space and my dad was intimately familiar with this type of feeling and i'll never forget it he steps in between me and the woman with the shotgun like he knew what his job was then and that was to protect me and i think you know by the time i'm 25 in the everglades he can no longer do that job and that worries him greatly how did that fear play out on that trip my dad is mostly a chill guy he's not the sort of type a uptight controlling person that i am but so like this trip he was really antsy at some points he wanted to drive he felt like there needed to be this man behind the wheel or somebody older and at times felt like he needed to sort of still present in this way as this sort of protective authoritative figure right and like you know that he he needed to believe that he um could still do that for me and for my mom. Latreya began her second essay for Outside by describing how her mom tried to give her a gun last year just as Latreya was leaving South Carolina for a writing residency in Great Smoky Mountains National Park. Later, during the residency, Latreya took a drive through a section of the park called Abrams Creek that would leave her deeply unsettled. Neither her phone nor her GPS had a signal and she ended up getting lost. She drove past a number of homes displaying Confederate flags, as well as men burning piles of lumber. She found herself thinking about the KKK torching homes and burning crosses. At one point, a dog chased her car and lunged at her reflection in the side mirror. She managed to find a ranger station, but it was closed. Nearby, two men were illegally flying drones. Latreya eventually found her way back to where she was staying she was shaken by what she'd seen. I didn't realize how upset I was by it for a really long time. I said, okay, this happened, you're safe. The word I used was you're back where you belong. And that filled me with like, in some ways a great sense of relief, but a great unsettling because that meant that there were parts of this park that it felt like I didn't belong. In her new outside essay, Latreya confessed to the black readers that she was addressing, that unfortunately, she has nothing to tell them about how to be safe from violence or dehumanizing treatment in the outdoors. I didn't know how people were gonna feel about what I had to say because what, saying that I cannot protect you is a dark thing to say. It's a vulnerable thing to say. Calling yourself a coward and knowing that there's gonna be a group of people that agree with you is a sad thing to say, right? Expressing what you know about the way your countrymen perceive you and sometimes treat you, or at least treat people that look like you, 
is a sad thing to say. And for some people, they think it's an angry thing to say. After the piece was published, she was once again flooded with letters from readers. I've gotten a lot of people that say thank you, right, for opening my eyes to something that I didn't see or that I didn't understand. A lot of people, particularly white people, do say, you know, oh, I never thought about the woods this way. The woods are my sanctuary. Nature doesn't judge. It's something that people have often said to me in these letters, but they realize that humans do and human behavior is also part of what Black people have to factor into this experience. And a lot of people, particularly older Black people, have shared some of the painful experiences that they've had outside. Can you tell me about one of these letters that really stands out to you? Yeah. So one of the letters I received was from this gentleman named Edwin. And he just wrote me thanking me for the article. And he says, I am a 72 year old black man, born and bred in New York City. I've been hiking on the Appalachian Trail. And when I was much younger, I did not know I should have been afraid. I moved after retiring to a semi-rural area of Pennsylvania. I read your article in my iPhone and fell into floods of tears. I have traveled to the South to visit friends and passed through areas where huge Confederate flags flew just yards from the highway. I try to be careful where I travel and have people that check on us when we travel. For now, my outside is a one acre wooded lot where my house sits. Deer eat grass on my lawn. I heat with firewood all winter. Bears try to remove the large concrete caps on my septic system. Please keep writing and exploring the outdoors. The creator wants us to do so. In some ways, receiving messages like this, it feels like I've done something right and that the message is reaching the people that it was intended for. But it still makes me sad to know that what I have to say is so relevant right now. Latreya concluded her second essay by telling Black readers that she will continue to remind them that they are not alone in the outdoors, that these wild spaces are part of their inheritance, and that they very much belong there. I say in the article, I know you're scared, do it anyway. And it's because the risks rarely ever outweigh almost never outweigh what I learn about myself and the joy that I get from being outside, from learning something new, whether that is about the environment or about myself, you know, from meeting someone or trying a new skill. All of those things are so valid and I can't let fear take that away from me. I won't. You can read Latreya Graham's essays on Outside Online. Just search our website for her name. Latreya is spelled L-A-T-R-I-A. Graham is G-R-A-H-A-M. And while you're on our website, please consider making a contribution to Outside to fund the storytelling we do on this podcast. You can do that right now at outsideonline.com backslash podcast listener. We really appreciate your support. This episode was produced by Gloria Liu and me, 
Michael Roberts. Our music is by Robbie Carver. Special thanks to Luna the Dog for sitting mostly still for an interview that ran more than two and a half hours. This episode was brought to you by LLB, your source for ready-for-anything outerwear this winter. Outside podcast listeners get $10 off online purchases of $75 or more from November 11th through December 6th, 2020. Go to LLB.com and enter the promo code OUTSIDE at checkout. LLB. Be an outsider. We'll be back next week.